Let's make America fun again. Let's make America fun again. Hi, I'm Annie. And I'm Elle. And welcome to our trash parade. Just chilling here. Sun just went down in Texas. So it's a nice fall night. Um, yeah, so we have Venus moving into Scorpio today, Annie. How's it making you feel? Dark. <laughs> Slightly angry, but like in a very hot way. <laughs> um, like I have my skulls, but cheetah print skulls. It's Scorpio time. <laughs> I love it. If like your Venus and Scorpio mojo right now were like a person, who would it be? Maybe like Lady Gaga, born this way era, maybe like a government hooker or something like that. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Bloody love Mary, it. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good song. I miss Weird Gaga. I wish she would come back and visit us for a while. Yeah. I guess we're stuck with A Star is Born Gaga probably permanently now. (laughs) Well, you know, she's got that Joker movie coming out soon, so she's going to be pretty dark for that, I would imagine. Yeah, I hope she's really good in that. Dude, how many fucking remakes of those movies are we going to have? I feel like it's not been enough time. Like, I feel like there's... Well, the Joker is like, it's like a part... A sec, a part two is still the Joaquin Phoenix guy. She's um, what's that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of these things. She's the blonde chick from Suicide Squad. She's Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. But we already had. So we had Heath Ledger Joker, mm-hmm. and that was like the most recent or one of the more recent like franchise reboots and then we had joaquin phoenix joker and then we had um oh what's his name jared leto joker and those are just like the recent ones Mm -hmm. and that doesn't include like jack nicholson joker from like the tim burton movies back in the day so i feel like we're seeing I feel like there's been so many Batmans and so many Jokers, and, like, now we've had, like, multiple Harley Quinns. I don't know what's going on. It's it's a lot. I mean, I feel like the, the reboots of everything are happening a lot faster now, like, because then we had that, like, Ben Affleck Batman, which was, like, adjacent to the other Batman, like, not the same thing. But we also had Robert Pattinson as Batman and then Christian Bale. And those were all different franchises. So I don't understand how there's like that many franchises making the same. I don't know. I don't get it. But I don't don't know. know. When it comes to any of the comic book shit, I don't get it. I do not (laughs) give a fuck. I don't like those movies. The only ones that I enjoy are Guardians of the Galaxy because like space is fun it's my thing but the rest of those movies 
I don't have time for that shit. I okay. like the Batman movies only because I feel like Batman doesn't have special powers. He's just like uh like more just a centric one percenter that like thinks he yeah. can do whatever he wants. So it's like more believable. You can yeah. suspend that. I feel like the plot is a lot more emotional usually and dark. And I like the villains in all the Batman movies. Um, I do enjoy Batman. I mean the Tim Burton with Michael Keaton was so yeah. good. Christian Bale. I did see I think there's three of them. I saw two of them for sure. Mm-hmm. The one with Heath Ledger is like amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Um, I never seen the Robert Patterson. Pat- I don't even know. Is that his name? I don't know. He <laughs> looks dirty. The dirty vampire kid. Um, <laughs> and I never, <laughs> I never saw Ben Affleck as Batman either. I don't know. Where um, the Robert Pattinson one was decent. I still think it was too soon, and like I refuse to entertain the idea of Ben Affleck as Batman. He will always be the <laughs> the guy that works at the casual mail to me, and that is like who he is. He is a character from Mallrats. I feel like he probably wasn't even acting when he was in that role. He just, like, gives me the creeps. But I like those, and I like the Thor movies. I don't like the rest of that franchise, but I like the Thor movies because they were funny. Like, they were funny action movies. Um, I, like, don't understand the other ones. I can't suspend my... I never read the comics, so I can't suspend my disbelief for, like, an emotional experience i'm just like this is ridiculous this guy is shooting webs out of his arms and william defoe is like riding a surfboard in the sky for no reason right (laughs) yeah i and i fell asleep for wonder woman those were not good i was very disappointed because when i was a kid wonder woman was my jam linda carter Mm-hmm. I thought she was so beautiful. I like wanted to be her when I was a kid. Me too. I loved Wonder Woman. Like, yeah, I never saw those movies, but I heard they were bad, so I didn't watch They're that. They're very like, bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> what was like so bad about them? Were they just cheesy or? Well, the second one, I I don't even think I got halfway through before I fell asleep. Like. Rudy's parents were here I just couldn't the the acting like the girl who is like Wonder Woman is not a good actress like she's very flat on her delivery and like I just don't believe that she would be Wonder Woman I don't know and she's not doing cool shit and like there's all like there's the Chris Pine character. So like she does, you know, in the end it's about love or whatever. Like stop. Why can't a girl just like kick some ass because she's from this other like place where women kick ass and she's here to do a job to kick ass. And like, she doesn't have to be in love with some man. Ugh. It's always gotta be like love attached. Sometimes people just want to go on an adventure and like kick ass. Like let's be yeah. like that. 
Someone needs to remake the Bionic Woman. Do you remember that? No. Um, that was like a, a show back in the day, and like every time she would go bionic, you would hear this like sound effect that was like <laughs> and like she'd be running really fast because she had like uh-huh. superpowers or something. Let's like remake that and then maybe she can just kick some ass. That would be cool. I want chicks that can kick some ass. I want some kill bill shit. Bring it back. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, we need some kill bill shit. I still want a pussy wagon. One of these days I'll have one, I think. <laughs> I mean, it will be a cooler, it won't be a truck, but it will be something called the pussy wagon. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, now that we're like embracing our Venus and Scorpio, we're feeling a little dark and a little sexy. Let's talk about something like dark and um, unsexy. And I think, (laughs) sorry to jump into it out of nowhere, but it's just been on my mind this week. Like some of the conversation that we're having about global stuff and the cultures that are in conversation right now. Um, Susan Sarandon, who I love, said some really shitty shit. Um, You guys can Google it yourselves. But she, like, really went over the line um, this week. And it upset me. And I normally don't care because, like, celebrities talk about a bunch of dumb shit all the time and stuff that they think they know things about and they don't or whatever. And um, it's not really, like, my jam to follow all that. But I felt like... Like, her comment about how Jews are now just experiencing what Muslims have, the adversity Muslims have been living in in this country for the first time since this whole conflict escalated in in Gaza, that was, like, really ignorant. Like, it was a really ignorant comment. And I think what pissed me off the most about it was that this is something I see like in all of it's like part of American culture and I could even say possibly part of like global culture it's like you take two marginalized groups and like you pit them against each other because everybody is so worried about like scoring points with the right people or being on the right side of the conflict and People lose sight of the fact that we're an ocean away from a really horrible, horrible fucking conflict where a lot of people are dying. And we need to, I don't hear the valuing of life in anybody's voice when they're making ignorant comments like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, we could sit here and list a million reasons why. I believe, and I think it's, like, very obvious that Jewish people have faced a lot of fucking problems here and everywhere else around the world. And the same goes for Muslims, especially post-9-11. Yeah. Um, they're different stories, um, but there is still pain there on both sides. And, like, it bothers me that people are worried about, like, who's the most... I don't know. It's just like somebody whose culture or being targeted like for some bigotry or being targeted by bigots and like being forced to deal with violence as a result of like a lot of the like 
attacks that people have been making on Muslims and Jews in the United States since this conflict amped up in October. Like, I think it's stupid to argue about who's having it worse. Like, you know, I don't, I'm talking about here in America. Like, we don't need to be arguing about, like, whether or not Jews are more persecuted than Muslims or vice versa. I think, like, we are losing sight of the fact that what is important is that, like, the persecution is happening. The hate crimes are happening. And this exists. Like, it is a fucking problem. And if we're sitting here arguing about whether or not, like, the Jews are more wrong than the Muslims or vice versa, any other stupid shit that I've been hearing in discourse lately, like, you're losing sight of the fact that, like, people are not their fucking governments, number one. They are not their governments. They are people. Nobody here deserves in America or anywhere else to be targeted by their skin color, their gender, their sexuality, their religion, and like have hate crimes and discrimination enacted upon them. Like we are all more similar than we realize. Everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different background, but the fact of the matter is, is that we're playing into somebody else's hands by, you know, being like, oh, we don't like this group of people. We don't like this group of people. Like, the truth is, both of them are marginalized. And the more yeah. we bicker about all of this, the less, like, the less we're in touch with the humanity and the people that are involved in all of these conflicts here and abroad the loss of life, the violence, the way that it's affecting everybody's lives. And if we're distracted by that and having like arguments at rallies about how Jewish people are just now understanding what it feels like to be targeted, which is anti-Semitic as fuck. Or I'm sure there's other shitty shit that people have said about Muslims in a like very similar vein we're not paying attention to what's actually happening and the people that are actually like fucking our lives up. And this goes for anybody. Like there are tons of marginalized groups in the country. There's tons of people that like get shit on by everybody else. And the people that are causing our problems are billionaires. They're billionaires that want us to be angry at other people. And blame other people for our conflict, for foreign policy, for um, our economy. And the more we sit here and bicker with each other about, like, who's a shitty person or who deserves to be, like, shat on or, like, whatever kind of, like, dumb discourse we are having, we are not united in the fact that there are people that are fucking us up they want us distracted they want us arguing with people and that's just like what makes me angry and they always will pit two marginalized groups against each other and i think they do that on purpose i feel like you can see a lot of that with like you know poor people like there's a lot of discourse about how like the Latinos are not going to, are going to like come and take your jobs and they're fucking up our economy and our border security. It's like, well, guess what? Poor people, these billionaires took all of your money. The people in power are enabling them all. It's not Latinos coming for your jobs. 
They want you to be angry at that person so that you can't unite with everybody and like actually stop this shit. And I feel like you also have problems like, you know, look at like some of the discourse that's going on in the trans community, in the gay community. Like, I feel like there's friction there too. And like, I feel like it goes on and on and on and on. And like, you could name any group of people and there's always like a demographic of people that are lining up to say, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. And the more that we're like this, the less likely we are to like be able to do something that's good for all of us. And I just want people to realize that this is not about like how many followers like you or dislike you or agree with what you have to say and whether or not you're going to make like the best statement ever on the horrible things that are happening, whether it's in Ukraine or Russia or, or Ukraine or Russia or gaza or anywhere else in the world like take a moment and think about how many people are fucking dying right now and put yourself in the shoes of anybody that was involved in any side of that conflict whether they were part of the attacks by hamas or if they were part of the attacks in or the offensive in um gaza like i think we have this is insane but they're estimating 15,200 people, but we don't really know, have died in Gaza. And that is, we don't know if that's, you know, mil people in the military or how many of those people are just civilians. We don't know about that because we don't have good information and Israel is disputing those numbers. Still a huge number. Just to give you like a little bit of a, like, another number to kind of put that in perspective like since we've been at war in ukraine and this is only civilian casualties we're looking at about ten thousand people so we're looking at like a year and a half two years versus two months like that's a lot of dead people and like yeah. i feel like if we took a moment to like put ourselves in the shoes of the people we think are the problem i'm not talking about the governments i'm not talking about the people that are like actually launching these attacks and i'm not talking about like the governments but you're talking about your neighbor that may have lost somebody in israel or your neighbor that may have lost families in palestine put yourself in those shoes do we really need to have a pissing match right now about who has it harder this conflict sucks for everybody it needs to stop and if i think we have more of those conversations realize how much how similar we are we all feel pain the same way and like just people just stop doing stupid shit please and stop saying stupid shit that's like hurtful to other people like yeah. everybody is hurting right now and like it's a time to show up for one another it's not a time to like get clicks and fucking virtue signal how awesome you are like please just take a moment to like recognize the gravity of the situation it's not just a media cycle people are dying Sorry, that's all I have to say. That's my Venus in Scorpio. I feel very passionately that uh, I think about some dark shit. Right, like there, there's been a real lack of compassion towards other humans for a while, and I think part of that comes from the constant 
in news constantly cycling through social media. So we're always seeing bombings. We're always seeing this stuff going on and it becomes almost not real. And you know, what you're saying is a hundred percent, right? This is real. These people are real who are suffering, putting the politics aside. Cause there's a lot that goes into this conflict. We should be uniting for peace and uniting for a goal for peace, not uh, this constant, you know, your side is wrong, my side is right, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm very tired of people saying, uh, you know, this is colonialism. This is this, this is that. This is so complicated. And if you are getting your information from TikTok videos, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. If you're getting your information just from the little clips you're watching on the news, you probably don't know what you're talking about. This is very complicated. And that this is not a new problem. This has been going on for years and, you know, we almost, there was almost an, a, an agreement at one time with Yasser Arafat. We were very close to the two state solution and, you know, it last minute it failed. And that is because this is such a complicated issue. And I wish people would just like, really recognize that we don't know everything like we don't know all the details we don't live in this region like this region has a whole lot of very different cultures different ways of doing things i mean they still have kings in parts of the middle east you know, and this is more complicated than just Israel and Palestine. You know, we know that Iran is involved. So, like, when it comes to the politics, don't be an asshole. People are losing their lives, and we should all be asking for a path to peace. And, like, I think that a lot of us are on that page, and I think that you're totally right that like we need the compassion we need to show compassion towards others and it's not about muslim and jewish you know so in this country it is about latino black sometimes chinese people are going through shit when china stuff revs up in america we have everything in this country we have every type of person here a lot of countries don't have that. And we're very lucky in America that we get to interact with people from different cultures because it gives us an opportunity to actually learn about the person. And if you took the time to learn about your neighbor, you would have your eyes opened and see where they're coming from and not hold on to your opinion so tightly. Like it's okay to open your mind and it's okay to 
listen to other opinions and find out why somebody is coming from the place that they're coming from. I think that's something really important too, is that like, I don't think that listening is being complicit. Right. Listening is one of the most important things you could do for any, any relationship building. You have to listen. Like you don't have a choice. Yeah. I, well, I think too, it's like, I feel like it's like, I've known people that have like some really like wild fucking views. And sometimes like, I want to know why, like they think that way. Yeah. And I don't agree with them, but that doesn't mean that like, I'm agreeing to them by like listening to what they're saying and what they have to say, because like, I want to understand like where this is coming from, you know, and I want to understand like the feelings that are there, like it helps put things in context for me. Yeah. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, like we are all driven by fear. It's in our DNA, like our DNA. That's why we dream. It's why we like, you know, like, are afraid of snakes it's a why like you know the human body is wired to like react to fear and that's just part of the human experience and i think what makes us better than animals is the fact that like we also have the frontal lobe and we also have other higher processing areas of our brain that can allow us to learn about things and then not be afraid of them anymore And I think that that's important to realize. And like, if you don't listen to people and you don't want to hear about their experience, like you're not learning anything about them, about how the world works, because the world is just comprised of like lots of us, you know, and there are larger systems in power if you don't understand like how each little bit works and how each little bit feels, it's like you're never going to get anywhere um, understanding life or the world or anything. It's like people don't make sense if you don't understand how cells work. Right. So like the world doesn't make sense if you don't understand how a person works. And I just, It makes me sad that we're just like seeing all this death and it's like an everyday thing now. And it's become such an abstract concept. Mm -hmm. It's an abstract concept to talk about what's going on all over the world. It's not like being dealt with the gravity of the fact that there's like people really dying, you know, let's be fucking respectful of one another, you know, that's it. Absolutely. And I think that what people are not realizing is lots of things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's not just one right, one wrong. That's not how life works. There's so many complicated issues when it comes to Israel and Palestine, and both sides have a lot of things that have happened to them 
that have led them to this point, good and bad, and they both exist at the same time. And we need to really start opening up the, our thinking into understanding that most of the time, nothing is all good and nothing is all bad. That there's a lot of truths that can come out of many different sides. And humans are complex because we're emotional. We're emotionally complex. And some people, you slight them just a bit and they're going to fucking freak out. Some people, you can just keep giving it to them and they're going to laugh it off. Everybody's different. And the only way to know what kind of person you're talking to is if you talk to them and engage in dialogue and conversation and there's a lot of people that I don't like that I have had full conversations with day after day and I can get along still. It doesn't, you know, they're not my friend. I wouldn't hang out with them like outside of work, but I can get along to get along. And like, I feel like we've lost that. And... I think a lot of that has to do with our media and our news. You know, you and I were talking about Fox News before we started recording and, you know, Fox News has an agenda. And I, I mean, I think that like CNN, MSNBC also have an agenda but certain types of people are gravitating towards certain outlets. And I feel like all of these people who consider themselves journalists need to start taking responsibility for what they're actually reporting. Your opinion is not fact. Tell me what is happening so I can educate myself and know why something is happening not just like they're bad and you shouldn't support them that's like not how the world works you know if you told me i don't like this chick over here because she's an asshole and i'm gonna you know i'll say why and you'll be like i don't know she just is it's my responsibility you know, if I have to talk to this person, it's my responsibility to be open-minded. Maybe that person's an asshole for you, but they're not for me, you know? So I think that, like, that open dialogue and listening is very important. And I think when it comes to, like, the news, we need to bring back journalistic standards. And we need we need like real journalists to like tell us what is going on because like we're just not getting the information and people are just getting sound bites and that is causing a lot of opinions that are uneducated and it's not fair for anybody, you know? Yeah. I th- I mean, I think there are definitely still great journalists out there. Um, yeah. 
I don't really consider like any of the I know technically they're journalists, but I don't consider reporters to really be like yeah. journalists. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Chris Cuomo wasn't like hitting the road right. and like interviewing yeah. people for shit yeah. that like because he just wanted to report on a story that happened. Like right. he's given his topics and he goes and report, you know, interviews people that like pertain to whatever he's talk you know talking about and i think that's a lot different than a lot of people that do like the hard work of investigative reporting but i also think like we are ha seeing like a huge attack on the news just generally because like the local news is all getting like farmed out by larger corporations so they like don't have money a lot of these things are getting like replaced by ai and you know you don't have local news anymore um right. it's you know in the quality if you you have the local news the quality is like really really bad um i think that's a problem it also keeps people disconnected from their community um but i see like i especially have heard a lot of journalists talk about that degradation and i feel like mm. the news channels those are so difficult for me to watch because i feel like yes i can we can look at statistics if you want and like see who has like who reports the truth the more and it's going to probably right. land exactly where you thought it would. But I also feel like, yes, the reporting news, but it's not news. It's a fucking entertainment. Like I feel like the amount of news that you're going to see on any kind of news network is so like slim. It's mostly editorial yeah. content. And I feel like that, it's entertainment. That's not the news. You know, it's like people have the right to say whatever they're going to say, but like, don't tell me that when somebody came on, gave a five minute speech and a little sound bite to address something um, or confirm information, how can you turn that into a four hour piece of like news and you're covering yeah. it for four hours and it's like we have to sit here and listen to like all these other people give their opinion on like what really happened what you know the you know this that and the other thing when in yeah. the, the end of the day like it's all manufactured to give you some kind of emotional response and a sense of urgency yeah. like you have to tune in because you need to know what's going on when that piece of information could have been given in a very like factual way it could have been discussed briefly and then we move on to the next piece but these people need ratings they're on 24 hours a day so they have to always be talking about something and it's all about making money and like the more that you can whip people into an emotional state when they're responding to the news the more likely they are to turn tune in and i don't think that people should be you know engaging with that type of media without being aware of what it's like doing to you because i don't think a lot of us yeah. realize it is doing something to us and i will sit there and start feeling like a certain kind of way sometimes when i'm watching mm -hmm. news and i'm just like oh this is like a really gross feeling yeah and that it's that gross feeling like that you keep going back for because you feel like you need to know
what's happening. And I'm not advocating for like ignorance of like current events. I'm just saying like, we need to be more mindful of like, are we ingesting information or are we making somebody money? That is like basically the question yes. I think we should be asking ourselves. And I want to add that it's not just news channels. It's what you're reading. You need to look at how things are set up. We There's an article that I shared with Michelle. And the way they set up the article had the person's name, comma, a drug addict, comma, and then went into the story. Something like that is going to cloud the perception of the reader. And it might get picked up in a 30-second video on TikTok or on Insta. And you're going to hear just this little bit. That is not giving you the full story. And everything has a bias. And you have to recognize when you're reading the setup and like how they're telling you the story because in the end they're telling stories or you know i mean there are like like michelle said they're wonderful journalists substack has some amazing people on there but and the day-to-day we're all getting our bullshit from insta and from tiktok and from whatever platform you're using at whatever and we're getting micro stories and that is making people super opinionated really fast without having any of the information. I agree. And I want to get a little conspiratorial here. Is my little Scorpio uh, yeah. action going on. Yes, please. Um, I, I love conspiracies. Yes. I feel like we could look at a graph of like the like decline of liberal arts <laughs> and compare yeah. it to a graph of like how heated people's political opinions are and they might have some correlations that's just my conspiracy yeah because i feel like you know everybody wants to shit on the liberal arts and like people are underfunding those departments or just trying to get rid of them um I think it's really important. I'm not saying everyone should have a liberal arts degree, but like you should take, you should have as part of your, you know, K through 12 curriculum and at least like a little bit of what you're doing in college, like some liberal arts, learn some critical thinking, write, yeah. learn language read stories and have somebody explain those devices to you because as yeah. soon as you start that's what gets the brain going that's what gets you intelligent it's the difference between reading information and synthesizing information yeah and i feel like people hate liberal arts so much at least on the right um because it does create critical thinkers yeah and we're absolutely. not we need to have that. We need people to understand the language. Like mm -hmm. you can tell when you're being manipulated. I think like yeah. most people do, but like some of that stuff I just like will pick up just from having like 
you know, learn to engage like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, what the fuck are these people saying? Like, we need to see, we need the critical thinkers, you know, everybody is capable of being a critical thinker. Like, and I feel like that's part of the reason why we're like not funding these departments is because we, they're, people are easier to control when they don't think for themselves or they don't like, yeah. or they take things for granted, you know, question well, everything. <laughs> I think, I mean, that was done on purpose. No Child Left Behind Act changed mm-hmm. the way that we educate people. And remember, when we were kids, remember they had uh, Save the Music? hmm Because they were getting rid of the arts. And, like, I think people don't realize how important the arts are. One, it makes you use different parts of your brain whether you're playing an instrument or you're painting or you know you're you're learning a new skill that is something that is not math or science but those skills help you with math and science exactly and you know when it comes to critical thinking the no child left behind act changed how we score school so everything's based off of a test when we're just testing and it's a multiple choice you're no longer getting problem solving i mean people nowadays get mad over the wording of a math problem because they find that you know it's like too liberal and that's wild to me Uh, but obviously it's so we can control people. We need soldiers and we need menial workers. And you're not going to get those things if you have an educated public. Like, why yeah. you And if that? you can turn those soldiers and menial workers against each other or against other mm-hmm. people so that we, you know, aren't angry at what's actually happening, yeah. that's all the better for people who are trying to make as much money as humanly possible while they're on this planet. Like we, I just want to say, Annie, you and I, we need to visit an entire, I want to do a Gilded Age episode. Let's put a pin in this because this could veer (laughs) off into like a whole nother four or five hours but i think we need to do a deep dive here but i'm just gonna say it i've said it again this is a second gilded age that we're living in it's fucking things are fucking ugly now the gilded right what beautiful architecture i know clothing (laughs) oh my god and we're all wearing garbage bags by balenciaga (laughs) Uh, I hate that so much. Before the whole, like, them taking pictures of kids in really fucking strange ways, I hated Balenciaga. Their clothes are disgusting, and the way that they laugh at people, they mock poor people, and I just... I don't understand how people can support them. This is not the Balenciaga of like years and years ago that were like creating beautiful clothing. Like they sell literal garbage bags. 
What the fuck? I feel like the garbage bags were <laughs> like just a, they were like a little bit of a, um, a mousse bouche before we got the piece de resistance, which was the towel skirt. That yeah, was what they were warming it? us up for. The towel skirt. The skirt that looks like a towel that you're wearing is literally just a towel. And it was like $6,000 or something <laughs> like that. And it said like 100% cotton towel. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Balenciaga will have like two looks that I like out of like every season. Like I liked those handbags that they did where the sleeve was like part of the bag. That was really cool. And they always have like one or two looks, but I love like an apocalyptic look. But for the most part, I don't like anything that they do. They, I don't understand. Like what? They're disgusting. <laughs> I I doesn't drive me to the point of disgust. I just think it's absurd. But I could understand why people would be disgusted with Balenciaga. They're not. They are definitely not in league with some of the other creators that are of their caliber. <laughs> I will opinion. say. If I see something that I'm completely disgusted by when I'm looking through fashion things, I'm like, I bet that's Balenciaga. And I'm 100% correct. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's regular clothes, I'm like, oh, God, no. (laughs) Oh. I don't think Cristobal would be happy to see what has happened to his label, but no, no. <laughs> do you have a designer you really do like? I mean, I love some Dolce and Gabbana. Hmm. I think they, and I love Versace, of course. I mean, I'm Italian through and through, and I love Italian designers. They know how to dress women. I love the curves. I love the lace. And, you know, like, to me, Versace can be a little bit gaudy. But that's exactly what Southern Italian is. Like, is gaudy. And it is gold. And it is shiny. And I, like, respect it. And I really enjoy that. I love and that Dolce too. is just sexy to me. I just love Dolce. I love Dolce. They did, oh my God, this was like five or 10 years ago. This is like a really beautiful spring collection and everything had like gold, um, like different gold embellishments on it. And it was so like, it was so reminiscent of like relics in a church like in a catholic church and like rosaries but it was like very like you know i loved it i remember i wish i could remember what year that collection was but i loved all their looks i loved dolce 
Um, I who think do you, who's amazing. your favorite? If you could like um, buy anything or have it made for you, like who would you go to first? Well, Alexander McQueen. Oh, fuck yeah. I want to give though the new director a couple years though to see if they're, yeah. they're going to live up to my expectations because like Sarah Burton did a great job. She worked yeah. with me for so long. She was like his, you know, number one. Mm-hmm. And now that she's left, there's like really, it makes me feel like there's really nothing left of Alexander McQueen. So I really hope that whoever, I forget who took over, I hope that they like keep him alive in spirit there. But yeah, I would definitely like, I would go with Alexander McQueen or Valentino. Ooh, yeah. 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 I just love the Alexander McQueen. I mean, you know, he has like the awesome skills from working on Savile Row. So he was an excellent tailor and like fine tailoring is part of their brand. And then he worked in Italia in Italy. Um, so it was, I forget the, the gentleman's name, but he worked with another uh, fashion house down in Italy and learned a lot of other things there. Mm-hmm. Um, learned, picked up a lot of the stuff that you're talking about um, with like kind of like the Italian look and the embellishment and that kind of thing. And he also did like a bunch of fetish work, um, which because um, he was learning from another designer from Asia, I forget where I'll like link to this information because I'm like really flubbing the specific details. But you see it like all come into this like beautiful like synthesis of idea and i love that like every collection is a concept and they're all dark it's dark and like sometimes apocalyptic and but it always like references history and like the couture like just the amount of time that it takes to like put together the embellishments yeah. on those gowns like everything the is assembled structure that they yes do. oh my god oh, it's with it's love so his yeah. last collection that he did that was his posthumous collection oh my god it is my fucking favorite i think you would love it too you've probably seen it but it's got like those throwbacks i think it was called like it, it was some reference like virgin saints and angels i don't remember what they called it but Ooh, it was i think we saw yeah is at the museum right yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. whole collection was so beautiful and so ethereal and it's yeah. like i love every garment they've ever made i would love to be dressed head to toe in mcqueen like for the rest <laughs> of my life like he's hands down my favorite but i will settle for valentino <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah well i think it's good to have something a little bit positive to talk about a little joy um fashion, fashion. oh my god i love Dude, I'm sorry, but call me whatever you like. Call me vain. Call me, like, indulgent. But I fucking love looking good. <laughs> I yeah. love clothes. I love feeling like I'm I'm a whole mood. Like, and I love being in a whole mood and, like, dressing to express that mood. I just, yes. it's all about that for me. And I love, like, all the girly shit 
Like, I love it. I love it. I love makeup. I love like a fucking good look, man. Like, oh, just makes me feel so glamorous and like and some perfume, like yes. Oh, oh yeah. God, yes. What is your go-to <laughs> scent? Uh, well, okay, my bottle's almost out, but I've been using this Versace perfume. It's like I don't know what I don't know which one it is because there's like four different ones. I don't mm. know if this is the Noir. It just is. I mean, it's a little heavy, a little sweet though, mm-hmm. and like. It just like takes over, yeah. In, like very sweet, like slow kind of way. It reminds me of like just the vibe of New Orleans. It's just it kind of slowly takes over, and I I'm really into it right now. But I'm almost out of it. So oh no, it sucks when you run out of like your favorite shit. That sounds like what's the name of it again? I gotta look. I'll send you a picture. I don't remember which one it was because there was like different ones I was trying, mm-hmm. but this one was like my favorite one. What do you wear? I have a lot of fragrance and I change them up like depending on my mood and then depending on my season. So, like in the summer, I'll wear more like citrus and floral and like yeah. bright, like herbal scents. And then in the winter, I like to go with, like, a little bit of musk and powder and, like, spice type of thing. So I just like kind of what I'm wearing to reflect my mood. But, like, um, my go-to scent, like, in the summer is not a perfume by Juliet Has a Gun. So I wear that one a lot. I really, really love that scent. And it's, like, a one-note scent. Um, It... I don't know how to describe it. It's like really fresh. It's like a really fresh scent. Um, so I wear that one a lot. And then I also wear, um, I wear this uh, scent called Philosokos by uh, Diptyque. And that one is inspired by the scent of a wet big orchard. So... Ooh. It smells like ripe figs that are still on the vine and you get like the dirt and the grass coming through and it just makes me like transport to another place. It just, it feels very like sensual, but also like bright and clean and fresh. And then in the winter, I like to wear Volutes, which is also by Diptyque. Um, And that one is like, it's got tobacco and powder and like cinnamon and fresh herbs. It's supposed to smell like a tobacco or it's supposed to smell like uh, spice ships coming into port. And it's Ooh. supposed to smell like the makeup that the women were wearing and they're always like smoking and like all that. So I wear that a lot um, in the winter time. That's like a beautiful scent. I love it. I just I love fragrance. I do love winter because you can throw on that heavier. Yes, and it's it feels luxurious to be like yeah, because yeah, the summertime 
you gotta go like light, you know, I citrusy, a little vanilla and yeah. Mm. Totally. I don't know. I just, I love fragrance. I have so many different fragrances and I love them all. Like just like to mix them up and like be in a different mood every day. See, it's like I mean, the small things about, in life. <laughs> it's all about this Venus and Scorpio, man. Like, yeah. Fragrances and sensual shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like it's a very like primal sensuality and also like the joy of like creativity and something dark. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. that's definitely a Venus and Scorpio vibe for sure. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like January is gonna be a lot better for everybody. <laughs> I really do. I feel like we're gonna finally have all of the planets direct, which will be really nice. So I'm into that. Um we've had like so many heavy transits. I feel like we're going to get a little bit of a break in January. It'll be nice. So That'll be nice. I feel like this year has been a lot. It just like hasn't really let up since 2020. No, it hasn't. I mean, there's a lot going on, though. I mean, the United States is just finishing up its Pluto return. So that's mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. um we also had like all of those aspects of the outer planets and the pando all happening at the same time so and like anytime you have like pluto or saturn or neptune up to some shit like the those planets take forever to wrap it up like mm -hmm. it takes them forever to move through a sign and they both move slow so when like these planets are like squaring each other. They just keep hitting the same aspects over and over again. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like we're going to be shedding some of that grossness a little bit, but I feel like, yeah, it's been garbage since 2020. Like yeah. it has been garbage since 2020. And I don't care if you think I'm crazy, but the astrology lines up with all of the garbage that we're having. So yeah, it's going to be going for a <laughs> For a while, really, it's a lot. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's just felt like energetically very happy everywhere. And I'm not into that. We need some like brevity, not brevity, levity. We need some levity in our lives. Let's make America fun again. Let's make America fun again. Oh my God, that... Yes, we it should used to be a fun country. It used to be a good time. Yeah, come on, people, don't throw America far uh, parties because we're not fun. Yeah, you know that was like the one thing we could do really well. <laughs> party. Oh my god! <laughs> so, oh, I have a friend of mine. She brought her partner over because they were both living. Well, he is from Yorkshire. She's American, but they were both living in England for a while. And he came and stayed with us and we like asked him like what he wanted to do because this was his first time in America and like we're in Chicago, right? So um 
we're like, what do you want to do while you're here? Like, is there anything you want to try? Anything you want to do? And he was like, I want to shoot guns. I want to drive a pickup truck and I want to eat a double down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like we took him to the gun range and he got to like shoot a gun. Um, he drove a pickup truck and we fucking ate double downs and we had him wash it down with moonshine. One of our friends made in their closet. <laughs> I was like, this is not what we do every day, but I'm glad you had your quintessential American experience. I'm glad we can make it happen for you. <laughs> if anybody, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> if anybody is planning on visiting America and wants to do some like, quintessentially american things i'm more than happy to be your tour guide (laughs) lay it on me we can i can take you to chicken shit bingo i know a place for that we can we can figure out a way to get you to drive some trucks i mean i don't know there's lots of quintessentially american (laughs) things that i don't do on a daily basis but i'm happy to do with you because i think it would be fun to watch somebody from england experience this for the first time so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so your friends your relatives send them my way i'll show them i'll show them around town <laughs> i mean she's in the most american state ever texas dude can texas <laughs> really be considered like american because they're always talking about how they're so much better than america there's people are always like well there's america and then there's texas so i'm like is it america as fuck because you guys seem to not want to be america as fuck you're like texas as fuck so is this the most american place you'd think it would be we have enough flags i don't know my brain needs to process that for a minute it's kind (laughs) of like a contradiction but uh according to rudy uh dallas is america's team right their football team um i don't think that's really accurate but i think people from texas like to think it is (laughs) bless your heart (laughs) (laughs) oh my god dude i don't if i had if anybody had told me like 15 years ago fuck even 10 years ago guess what girl you're going to be married, living in fucking Texas. You're going to be scooping poop on a ranch on your weekends. And like flies will become part of your life, like in an intimate way. I would be like, fuck no, dude. I'm never leaving Chicago or I'm never leaving the city. Here I am. <laughs> here I am. I think God sent me here to just bedazzle this place i think we just i mean texas likes rhinestones maybe i'm just here to like start gluing some rhinestones to everything here maybe some googly eyes jazz the place up a bit i love it that sounds wonderful (laughs) i was in florida over the weekend and i'm just gonna say it i really like florida (laughs) what i don't like driving in florida i love to visit florida though and when i was a kid i loved to visit florida it's so 
fucking weird there. <laughs> it's just like, it's such a weird vibe. And I like to go in and out of it. It's like the perfect weekend place. Like, what is weird about it? I mean, so the people have their own look. You know, I mean, it's a state that's all coastline and it's warm. I mean, by my dad's, it was 85 degrees. Wow. The whole weekend I was there. And like, we went to the beach to walk and there are shit ton of people on the beach and you know you got a lot of like hulk hogan blonde and oh wow really i mean these people still worship the sun like they're living in a different mindset than the rest of us and i love it <laughs> um i love also the Cubans everywhere, and I did not get to eat any Cuban food or have any of my Cuban coffee. But I told my dad, if I'm going to be making frequent visits, I need cortaditos every time I come here. <laughs> so he was like, well, you can take my car and go get them. I was like, great, because that is the plan next time I come here. Even though he has his own espresso machine, so I indulged in the espresso at his house. Next time I go, at least at least one gordadito because they're so good. Um, maybe some sandwiches. I don't know. There's this wonderful like pastry place I found the last time I was there, and they just have so much stuff. I want to go in there and just like try every everything. Um, I love how green it is. It's like the jungle where my dad is. It's a newer development there. So there's just so many trees and it's swampy, but a different kind of swamp because we're colder here. Um, it just feels wild. I don't know. It's like <laughs> just a the southern frontier or something. I don't know. It's a wild place. And I love that. Their Walmart was like the worst Walmart I have ever seen. It was so trashy. Like people in Walmart, <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, this is what I want when I come to Florida. <laughs> Everything. You can tell that place is run by DeSantis. I love it. <laughs> oh so, my yeah. god. I love could, Florida. Could you <laughs> Could you see yourself living there? I I mean I would not choose to live there, but if I had to, I could make it work. It would be fine. It's I would choose Florida over Texas. Because Burn. Florida Texas is not weird. I know what I'm getting into when I go to Texas. Florida, I know, but like I don't know. Anything could happen in Florida, and I like that. Texas, I think, is very weird. It's not like Florida level weird, but like when we went to that, um, the the chainsaw massacre place, 
That was fucking that's, weird. And, and that's <laughs> Texas weird. <laughs> you might get murdered. <laughs> so, I don't know. Should we tell this story <laughs> so people know what yes. we're talking about? Okay. Yes. So, you're in Austin. That, oh, Austin is where we start. And we go somewhere, I don't know, maybe an hour away. There's less and less houses as we go. We'll put it like that. So we're <laughs> going away from the city. Barbecue is on the agenda. So I'm very excited. I'm like, this is going to be so Texas. And it was. It was everything that I had hoped it would be. So there's this movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in the movie... There's like a gas station. Uh, I don't remember what happens, but we went to that gas station because that is where the barbecue is. So we're outside and there's <laughs> a truck and there's chainsaws <laughs> and there's this woman. And a, and a man, I can't tell you what age they were. They could have been anywhere from 30 <laughs> to 60. Um, they were from Louisiana. Um, not the part that I'm from. <laughs> somewhere in the bayou or something. I don't know. I don't know what part of Louisiana they're from, but their accent is thick. Anyways... They're talking about the movie and like they fucking love it. And like I'm getting the impression that like they work here. Like this is probably like their maybe this is their business, possibly. I don't know. There's nobody else here. It's just us and these people. And they're going on about these chainsaws. One of them was in the movie or in one of the movies. They are fanatical, and we realize at some point <laughs> these people don't work here. <laughs> and, like, just to interject, I'm sorry because I'm really loving this right now. We ate a bunch of edibles in the car on the way to this place. <laughs> so yeah. we have a no, we're high as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so these people don't work here. They did tell us the food's really good. So, you know, this is weird. Okay, we just learned a lot about this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie from these people from Louisiana who are visiting and they have like six chainsaws in the back of their truck. Awesome. All right. So we go inside and inside it's all like horror movie stuff. It's kind of cool. They're like action figures, masks. I don't like, I don't even know. There's so much stuff in there. And like, I'm like, where's the food? Like, we came here for this food. I don't understand what is happening. There's where who works here? There's nobody here. Just weirdos outside with chainsaws <laughs> and a life-size like statue of Michael Myers or Jason, <laughs> one of them. I 
So it's very confusing. <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, somewhere along the way, I find out there's like cabins in the back. You can also stay here. It's not just a place to eat and buy horror movie shit. You can stay here overnight. And that is what Louisiana Chainsaw Massacre people were doing outside. They're staying here overnight. Um, we got the food, we sit down, a big fucking Texas man brings us the food. Now he puts the food down and he doesn't just leave. He talks about the hot sauce and Scott about this. He's like, it's very hot. And we're not going to call an ambulance if you can't handle it. And at first it was funny, but it went on for a really long time where it actually felt threatening. And I don't know. I was very confused. Well, do you remember just, him saying that if we don't like it, that he's fine putting us on the smoker back there? <laughs> It was weird. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, so we had only been introduced to, like, the mother, father, and son people from Louisiana, and they had said that they stay there once a year. This is, like, their family vacation. Yeah. So when we were talking to them, the guy's like, I got all these, I got all these, uh, replica chainsaws this is from the movie number three and then he's like billy bob come over here and show them show them how you can put together a chainsaw and take it apart in less than a minute so like this kid comes out this is how we meet the kid and he's like yay tall and he's like dismantling all these fucking chainsaws <laughs> And he's like, take pictures with them. Yes, the guy was like, take this chainsaw, take a picture. Do you want to take a picture? I know you want to take a picture. And I just kept thinking, because this guy went off on like all of the specs of the chainsaws were so fucking long. Yeah. That I was like, I don't want to touch that chainsaw. What if I drop it? I'm high as fuck. This guy's going to, like, kill me. Like, right. he very <laughs> much so had energy that, like, he could probably, like, snap really quick. And he's, like, shoving all these chainsaws at us. I yeah. was like, this is so much right now. And then... What you mentioned about the cabins, we did not know how many fucking people he had with him. So there were like the four of those little mini cabin things, like those tiny houses. There were like 12 of them. There were like 12 of them. And they all started coming out of these like little little pods in the back while we're trying to eat our barbecue. And we're getting stared at by some guy that looks like Bull from Night Court. And we're like, how many of them are there? Like, they just kind of came out. Like, I, it didn't feel real. It felt like we were tripping our balls off. But Derek was with us, and he was sober, and he said all yeah. this stuff really happened. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
I mean, the game was good. It was yeah. Like, it, you know, it was uh, smoky as fuck, but all Texas barbecue is smoky as fuck. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. And that I hot sauce was not hot. hot <laughs> the hot sauce wasn't even hot, dude. I was like, is this, oh, like, really? hot compared to what? Ketchup? I mean, it had a tang to it. I mean, it could yeah. definitely taste that it was hotter than the other stuff, but... I was like expecting it to be like hot, like I'm gonna die, and I was like, I "This mean, is he disappointing." Stood there for like ten minutes explaining how hot it was. <laughs> That's crazy. So now that you say, considering what you've experienced in Texas, <laughs> that Florida is weirder than Texas, I kind of want to go now. <laughs> I. Like a Florida adventure is in our future. That'd be so um, fun. I'm going to get to know Florida a little bit more. And I told my dad every time I come out for a visit, there's going to be one day where we go somewhere that we've never been so we can explore the state some. So, yeah, should be fun. That's very exciting. I now never felt like this before, but now I feel like I need to visit Florida, kind of. You should work for, like, their tourism board. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I think I could do, like, a year in Florida. I think I could handle that. I mean, it was really nice to be in the 85-degree weather. And, you know, my dad's not that far from the ocean. So, well, we drove down to Naples, which was beautiful. Um, That's like mega rich over there, I guess. There was beautiful houses with really, really nice landscaping. Yeah. Gorgeous flowers everywhere. Um, So that was nice. You know, and you know, my dad's by Fort Myers, so I want to say he's like a half hour from the beach, maybe. But uh, it's a nice spot, you know. My dad's got a vibe. I like it. It's nice to be. He just like remodeled everything, like he redid his bathroom and stuff. So it was nice to be in some brand new shit. So, yeah, I live in this old ass city and all these old ass apartments. So it was nice to be in something new. Dude, I don't know why, but like everything you're saying is making me want a fresh orange. <laughs> uh, some Florida oranges. Yeah, doesn't that sound like a nice fresh orange, yeah. like just picked from the tree? Yeah. I think I'm going to go to the store and buy some oranges. <laughs> Getting fancy buying produce. <laughs> Well, girl, I'm glad we were able to end on some, like, positive stuff, despite the heavier content we were discussing today. Yeah. So I guess, like, we always like to end on, like, what we either want to, like, work on, like, focus on this week or something that's bringing us, like, joy and... Yeah. You know, uh, I got to spend this last weekend with my dad. I got to see an aunt and uncle very, I just said hello, but I hadn't seen them in a long time. They came from Sicily 
Um, so when they arrived, I needed to go to my plane. So it was really nice to say hi to them. And, uh, and next week I get to see my sister and my mom. So spending time with my family, I get to see my nieces. So I'm really, really excited. And I'm really happy that I am able to spend time with my family and just be all in the love. What about you? That's really awesome. I'm so happy you got to have that experience. Your energy feels like lighter. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed your time. So cool. For me, I think this is going to sound really silly, but like I'm embracing failure this week, which is like kind of a big thing for me. <laughs> yeah, tell um, me about it. Yeah. So I had like a 4.0 GPA when I graduated and I've always gotten like perfect grades and this that, and the other thing like I have a problem with this so I already have a fucking undergrad degree and I'm you know learning how to make jewelry right now and I'm taking a really challenging class and um it's like casting and I'm just I have missed a lot of these classes some because I wasn't feeling good once you know some because I traveled whatever like and then I'm also like struggling with the course material. It's like new materials for me to be working in like wax and being very delicate. I'm totally failing this fucking class. I'm failing this class. <laughs> and I was like in class the other day and I was like, things are starting to click now. Like everything in the class is starting to finally click now mm -hmm. where like mm -hmm. I was having a hard time and it's happening like two days before the end of the semester. Yeah. And I was working on a, a ring that I, uh, a new ring that I should, that I need to cast. And I was just finishing up the design and I was like, wow, this was so fun. <laughs> I was like, this was so fun. I was like, I actually felt like really satisfied that I made like a nice piece of jewelry and that like I was able to take it from beginning to end and like whatever. And I was like, this was fun. And I felt like I learned a lot in this class, even though I'm going to fucking fail it. I'm like, that's fine that I'm failing this yeah. class. Like I don't regret taking it yeah. and I'm okay with having an F, you know, like yeah. I still got something out of it. And that made me really happy to be like, no, like I'm, doing this on my own terms like yeah somebody else's evaluation doesn't mean anything to me like I don't have any consequences from getting an F in this class so it's not like I'm gonna be barred from a job in the future so I feels very free it feels super I love free that. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that's that awesome see that's yeah. really awesome because first of all hi Virgo rising <laughs> <laughs> perfection and not failing what <laughs> um so that's super exciting that you're embracing that and like that i think that is important for a lot of people to hear like failure doesn't mean failure there's a lot of times where things don't work out but we get a lot of insight skill information from that experience 
And that's like really healthy to see the positive from the experience, not the overall outcome. I think that's great, dude. Thanks. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but I was just like, I had a fucking great time doing this. I don't care. And I feel like other people maybe let yourself fail sometime. See how the ride is. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, I guess that's my what's giving me joy and little weekly insights. But yeah. (laughs) i love that well uh on that note we'll wrap things up um i hope everybody has a good holiday and i hope everybody has a moment to enjoy their time and do something that they love and take time to feel good and just have a wonderful little holiday break. Yeah, everybody have an amazing week and love yourself and try and love your neighbor too. See what happens. Hey, y'all, just a quick note from the show. We want to thank you all for listening. We'd like to ask you to like, subscribe, follow, you know the drill, everything that all these other people tell you to do, do for us. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your trash. Just like us and support the show. Yes, please support the show if you like what you're hearing. And if you want a little something extra from us, we are starting something new. It is called Dumpster Fire Advice. So if you want some trashy advice for all of life's problems, feel free to email us at trashparadeusa at gmail.com. We will be answering all of your difficult questions with the best advice we know how. Uh, we cannot promise it will be productive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.